Welcome to the Dapper Don Podcast. It's your boy Dapper Don Dez. And man, today we're going to talk about the top five rap albums, Southern rap albums of 2020, man. We can't go, we can't go into 2021 without at least acknowledging those who made an effort in what clearly was the one of the most difficult projects. I mean, one of the most difficult years to drop a project, let alone to be alive in. So, uh... We're going to definitely go through it. We're going to talk Little Baby. We're going to talk. We're going to talk our Run the Jewels. We're going to talk everybody, man. And uh, and if we got time for it, you know what? We're going to make time for it. I wanted to talk on the Rollo situation. And uh, I, I not necessarily on that, but just an overall view. It's going to be a more introspective thing. But we're going to get through what I already got planned for you today, which is the top five albums. Then we're just going to shoot from the waist for the rest of the show, whatever, right? You know how we do. So, um, before we get started, before we get started, I would like that if, uh, I would like for you to, if this is your first time here, I want you to subscribe so you can make sure you can be here for more of the content and information we got for you. I want you to leave a like button if you found this to be entertaining and uh, and share this. If you think this is something that, you know, you or your friends might enjoy, can find helpful. There's a lot of useful information here. And uh, and, and definitely, you know, and definitely hit the notification bell so you can stay up to date. But uh, without further ado, let's get into it. So I'm going to talk about the top five albums now. The first one I got to start with, and I'm not necessarily saying it's in an order, but now that I'm reading it off, I kind of feel like it's in an order. And here's my curriculum for making it top five, right? Now, this is a Southern hip-hop podcast. So, of course, it's going to be about Southern hip-hop. How weird is that, right? But I wanted to talk more or less not just about the songs that I played from back to back because, in honestly... You know, I revisit a lot of the same projects in 2020. I didn't really go out and expand looking for anything new because, you know, you want songs that when you got your friends come over, boom, you play it. You got songs for when your lady come over, boom, you play it. You got songs when you're by yourself. You got songs for everything. But in 2020, as unpredictable as the events on a global scale was, the day-to-day life was so mundane, right? For those of us who was blessed enough to have a mundane day-to-day life. So uh, I didn't really venture out into new music. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I didn't really dive into anything new, but I knew, you know, I, I knew what made its way to me. But when I went out looking through and uh, around the end of the year and said, well, I want to do an end of the year wrap up. What albums really kind of just stuck out, even if it was just for a moment, right? I didn't really live with it. Because I didn't have any other way to experience it. Music is something you experience, right? I didn't have a friend. I didn't get in a car with a friend and, oh, this is a song you listen to. Or I didn't, you know, uh, uh, hang out with my lady and was like, oh, this is what you listen to. It was pretty much every day, day in and day out, the exact same thing. So I wanted to go through and view the five impactful albums, meaning albums that spoke from a point of view that I think was most important for those of us in, in the community. That's why it seems like there are five different albums from five different point of views, but there's for a reason. So the first one I thought really spoke from a young brother's perspective, like a young black man, especially coming out the streets perspective, is Little Baby. 
Little Baby dropped his now double platinum and probably the most, not probably, the most commercially successful album on this list. Man, he dropped it and he put 20 records on there and all of it slapped. Uh, his flow is new for me. It's a lot. Sometimes it's hard for me to catch everything he's saying. You know, he's not mumbling, but his ability to articulate exactly everything he's saying isn't, he doesn't, not mumbling, but not the most articulate. But he's actually saying something worth listening to, and that's why I really respect it. Man, uh, so who he is, he's a young rapper from Atlanta. He's a young 26-year-old rapper from Atlanta. He's coming out of quality, quality Controls Music Group. That's uh, the record label that has the Migos. I know you heard of the Migos, the City Girls, Lil Yachty, uh, Rest in Peace Marlo, just a lot of young Atlanta and Miami talent. Uh, he he's pretty much I believe he's friends with the dude P with QCP, uh, QC's P, the owner of our quality control, and I believe that's really kind of how he got his way in. He already knew him, and and, and uh, like I said, he I believe he's like Zone Four, uh, a young dude just that's been through a, a lot as far as streets is concerned. But the thing that's beautiful about his music is he has a lot of sense in what he says. But what makes this album special? See, to me, what really makes this album special is how much sense that the baby speaks with, right? Because a lot of times it seems like nowadays it's about who's the most reckless, who can get out here and say the most craziest thing, the most, you know, shock value thing. To have somebody who really gets on these records and y'all listen to him talk, and it's like, I can't believe such, like... Such wisdom is coming from such a young dude. Like, uh, he had a line called on the song called Emotionally Scarred, which Emotionally Scarred was, uh, where we at? Track 8. Track 8 was Emotionally Scarred, where he says, uh, I know there's emotions in lying, so I tell the truth all the time. And he's right. Lying is a product of fear. Just like procrastination, lying is a product of fear. And for him to be cognitive of certain things, even when you listen to him talk on uh, the bigger picture, he has a song called "The Bigger Picture," where he see, well, he says stuff like, uh, "I know all color folks aren't dumb and all whites aren't racist. I be judging by the mind and heart. I'm not in the faces. I'm not really in the faces." And I think that's also more wisdom, right? He says, "I'm a judge by your mind," right? You know, because sometimes when it comes to our people, we don't necessarily look at what what may be the most logical? You thinking, nah, bro, I'm going to get off. I'm going to jump out here in these streets because I can see what's right in front of me. But did you take the time to see what's behind what's in front of you? Did you take the time to look at, well, you know, what's behind that street life and what's behind, you know, uh, uh, this drug life or this fast life you want to live? So th this is why I think he meant by judging by the mind. Whether, how do you think? How do you process it? Do you take self-accountability when you put yourself in a tight situation, judging by the heart, meaning like you might, there's going to be some people God put in your life that's going to be a blessing for you. And they may, they may not look like you. I've had plenty of people who didn't look like me that was a blessing for me. So like he said, that's super wisdom. I just be judging by the mind and the heart, the way you think, the way you process, and also just your your compassion, not getting too caught up in, in, in the physical that I see right in front of me. And I feel like just his wisdom all in all, man, that, that makes him super special. Uh, to, to go through the list, you had uh, songs like uh, Heat em, Heating Up with Gunner. 
I really like that one. They had like a the video had a real BMF feel to it. They pushing through Atlanta with Lamborghinis, man. It's super lit. It's super lit. Uh, Grace and Woe. Grace, I was straight with Grace. They got forty two Doug on it, but Woe was another one. Woe, I think, was one of his songs. I think has the best song structure, right? Um, he had a song called he had an album called Street Gossip. To me, that was a solid body of work. That was really one of my favorite body of work from my homeboy. Matter of fact, the first one I actually listened to. But uh, I was happy with this album. He also had, uh, you know, Living Off the Closet. I wasn't really crazy about that one. It, it was some trap. It, it was some trap. Like I said, Emotionally Scarred had so much more emotion to it, bro. Like when you listen to how he was kind of coming with it and showing you how he felt. He wasn't really... You know, trying to make it sound like, oh, it's uh, pimps up and holds down. Or he wasn't trying to seem super sensitive. He was just running it to where I felt like I was sitting to my partner telling me about something versus actually, you know, somebody coming to me and, and trying to make a, a love song or trying to make a song, a breakup song. It was just so, you know, it, it was just so effortless. But at the same time, he had some sense in him. How Young Thug said on Million Dollar Worth the Game, some Martin Luther King sense. So, yeah, bro, you know, uh, he got records where he rapping that Big Stepper. He rapping like he Big Stepper on Forever featuring Lil Wayne. Uh, Lil Wayne gave him a fire verse. Lil Wayne gave him a fire. Lil Wayne gave him an 09 verse. Lil Wayne said, if you bought that life, then get up out that casket. <laughs> he said, if you bought that life, then get up out that casket. Uh, you got No Sucker. N no Sucker was straight. I, w I wasn't crazy about that because... All of a sudden, was such a slapper, bro. All of a sudden, just went so hard. Now I'm listening to all No Sucker, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's straight, though. It's straight. It's fire. It, it, it's fire. Something to prove. Y'all already knew that one. That was fire. You already knew that one was fire. See, the thing about something to prove, what he was talking at, at, at talk, was uh, it, it's kind of a good balance for him, right? It's a meeting in the middle. I don't know if I would have necessarily proved that, but... I believe it had a good run of, it had a good uh, run for it. Uh he also put out Deluxe. I don't have the track listed for the Deluxe, but he had a song called All In. I'm feeling that. All In was fire too. But uh like I said, the, the story is being told. The, the the story that he's telling isn't just for isn't just for him, it's just for the streets, but it's for a lot of us where you know, if you're a young black man and you watching the news, it, it's creates such an introspective way that you look at it, right? The way that you look at yourself, the way that you look at, at, at how the whole world is being moved and being treated. If you as a young brother, you might feel like you're looking at your things that you do in the streets and your responsibility to your neighborhood, your responsibility to uh, the world on top of how you feel the world has been receiving you and how the world has been treating you. It's such a, it, it, it's such an expression though. It, it's, it's a super solid project, man. It's a super fire, super solid project. You definitely got to check it out if you really into that street talk, but it's, it's a little deeper than that too. So, you know, he may be too deep for certain people leagues, but I think he's going to be right at the league for most of y'all, man. The second one I had to pick was run the jewels Four. Run the Jewels 4 was by was from Killer Mike and his white friend. I do not know that guy's name. I think it's El Camio or something. El, El Camino. El Camino, maybe. 
But I'm not going to butcher his name. I'm not going to disrespect him because he's fire. He's cool. But uh, this, this is one with Killer Mike. Now, this is why I picked Run the Jewels as the number two uh, album for Southern rap albums. Because, and really, it ain't important. Now, I do know a white guy named because he's from New York. The reason I call it a Southern rap album, which technically this should, because this came out in June of, the, of uh, 2020, it shouldn't be a Southern rap album if not everybody in the group is from the South. But my third pick is also probably that same situation. But the reason I pick Run the Jewels is because, well, let you know Run Jewels is. Run the Jewels is a duo featuring Killer Mike. If you don't know who Killer Mike is, Killer Mike was signed to Dungeon Family. And if the last time you heard Killer Mike was on the whole world, loves and when you make that sound, uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh uh uh. That was the last time you heard Killer Mike, and you remember his flow on that song. It ain't got no better, baby. <laughs> He's still wrecking shop, man. He's still hitting the track like a bull in a fine china shop, man. And uh, and and he coming at it. He coming at the whole thing. You got uh, you got Yankee and the Braves. Yankee and the Braves because one is from New York, the other one's from Atlanta, Georgia. ATL Georgia. What do we do for you? Uh. You got out of spite with two chains. That that was a fire one. Which one was the one that I think I saw? Uh, a few words for the firing squad. And Goonies versus ET. Okay, so you can see just just from the the callbacks that these are middle aged men because ain't nobody in their twenties or thirties gonna be talking about the Goonies versus ET. This was a solid project. Keep it G, gotta keep it all the way G with you. I heard a lot of the album on playlists, meaning that the fact that I'm looking at 11 songs, I might have heard seven. I know that's crazy. You like Dez, why why are you reviewing an album where you haven't even heard the whole album? How's it number two? Like I told you, I didn't really venture outside of my actual, you know, things that I listen to. But Nowadays, when you listen to music, let's be honest, albums don't really penetrate your world unless that's the artist you into. But when you got songs that keep coming back from playlists, not only just off playlists, but off your timeline, off what people are recommending, that's when you know you got that A1 Perico, buddy. That's when you know you got that pure pack. And this is that pure pack, man. Uh, they had one video, and this wasn't, I believe this was Running Jewels too. And it was one where the white guy, El Camino, let's call him El Camino, whatever. If we wrong, then they can they can kill me in the comment section. So El Camino is uh the music video shows them sitting killer Mike and El Camino down in what looks like the a holding cell or something for a, a jail. And he has a pill on his tongue. He shows it to the camera, swallows the pill, and the whole, the whole uh, music video is them going on an acid trip. Now, I don't know what camp this white guy comes from. I have no clue. I don't know what Killer Mike Metamac. I know he's a producer. There used to be this thing called Master Pill. On Master Pill, they used to do beats, right? They'll do beats on Master Pill. They didn't have Big Crit. They didn't had uh, they, they had other like ski beats and you know other people like that. And the premise of uh, uh, Russian roulette, if you would, the premise of Russian roulette was for them to blindfold a producer in a record store. This producer would pick out three, three random albums. And out of those three random albums, they had to make a beat. They had Wonder Girl do it. I think Boy Wonder, not affiliated with each other. Just, just so happened to be Wonders. 
I don't know if the one of the twins ever activated. I don't believe they ever done work together. But there was Wonder Girl. Then there was, I don't know why she calls her Wonder Girl. I guess Wonder Woman is is uh is taken and Wonder Lady just sounds old. Wonder Lady. Like she's in her golden years or something. Anyway, but uh they've had so many producers on there, off track. They had so many producers on uh Rush Roulette. And a lot of them, what they would do is just take little snippets. Right, they'll take little snippets off of the the Commodores or whatever album they picked at random to take a, a sample of and make a beat out of it. And mostly what they would do is just take a sample of that and then use sounds in their sound bank, the guitars or whatever in their multi-million dollar studio. I can tell you something crazy. Manny Fresh didn't do that. Manny Fresh picked the regular beats and sat in front of a laptop with a $200 setup provided by Sprite. And made magic. You hear me? Uh, homeboy from D12. I think his name is Mr. Potter. I forget what his real name, what his uh, stage name is. But Mr. Potter is another alias he goes by. But he's from D12. He did one. His was fire. But this El Camino guy on Run the Jewels, he also did one. And his was good. His was super good, man. Uh, he did it straight at the piano. I think him and Jake One, honestly, as far as white guys go, had the best ones. Jake One... El Camino, uh, Manny Fresh, Dog from D12, and, and you know, you know, I'm gonna say Big Crit because you know I love some Big Crit, but yeah, so I'm gonna say those five. So El Camino can make beats. He can make some pretty good music. He's a damn good rapper, and we know Killer Mike tears the record apart. But what was the impact of this album? The thing that's really impactful is Run the Jewels. Killer Mike, more importantly, introduced the hip hop community to Bernie Sanders. They dropped this album in 2020 on an election year. These brothers came back like Nas Barkley. You hear me? They was just they just came out the woodwork knowing that this was the time and, and the place for it. And think one time Killer Mike was talking about he had uh man what he's talking about he was talking about no 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 he he was he was at at the barbershop and he was having a conversation. He said he came out and did some Killer Mike records. El Camino came out the El, El Camino records, and when they got back together. They did run the jewels and everybody started screaming like this was two different group of people. And I guess since then, because I don't, it doesn't seem like their separate projects make any noise if they even have any. But they introduced us to, uh, they, they definitely introduced us to, to Bernie Sanders. And more so, I picked this album, not so much so of the music, but of Killer Mike's. Uh, uh, just, just genius and, and intelligence. I remember I was... Uh, I was listening to Les Brown, and Les Brown was talking about speaking in Atlanta. And when he was in Atlanta speaking, he said that he spoke to, uh, he was speaking to Killer Mike. And he told Killer Mike, you are intelligent and articulate speaker. You have a lot of skills. You have a lot of talent. Because he didn't know this guy was a rapper. He was like, you are too talented to be calling yourself Killer Mike. And I just thought that, that was the funniest thing in the world. And it's funny because, you know, Les Brown used to have a little call. Well, he used to call himself. He said, uh, it's me, LP, Triple P, your, your partner, something playing partner or something. He had a whole spiel. If you're familiar with Les Brown, so he kind of he understands the swagger in it. I just think he was like, you know, Killer Mike might be able to go further. But there was a documentary that came out. Uh, about the evolution of hip hop, it was one of those. It was a Netflix documentary. I watched so many Netflix documentaries. Not funny, but in one of them, he's playing Nas, 
This is about Nas. This particular episode is about Nas and Dave East. He's playing Nas, and this is what Dave East had long hair, so they must have recorded this a while ago. But uh, he was playing Nas and Dave East, uh, his album, or playing Nas's album, and he was speaking on, it was Black Power, Black Powder, Black, and he was explaining what that song meant. And he was speaking on how every group of people have been allowed to create a criminal organization that transformed into something more legal to create financial revenue. And Nas was telling him, he said, you know, I was, when he played Nas a song, Nas gave him an honest opinion. He said, you know, I wanted you to tell me more about that. And one thing Killer Mike said, he said, I don't want to preach. The thing I don't want to do is preach. So I think that's his idea. And he really walked that fine line with Run the Jewels, man. And, and just like, being other people, once again, just being other people and speaking to the people, speaking to the street, speaking to the people as the people. And that was another thing I think him did, that he did, that little Baby did. That's why I put that at number two. Man, it had a political impact more than anything. And uh, the, the album really exists in more of a hipster space. It's not a mainstream album, much like this next album I'm going to say, but it's still that of an artist who has shown so much prowess, so much lyrical skills, so much just just everything. And it's time for them to get their flowers, man. Run the Jewels 4 is the second album of my top 20, of uh, my top five of 2020. I'm definitely not finna do 20. We'll be here all day. So my number three is by a group, hold up, I know you have never heard of them, called Spillage Village. And their album is called, I hope I don't mess it up, Spilligion. Spilligion. Like as in religion, but spill. So if I'm going to break down the title to you, in, in, you know, in the hood, what we call spill, like, oh, I'm going to my spill. I'm finna talk my talk. I'm finna talk that talk. That's what spill means. So they're saying we're going to give you some serious spillage, but not just one of us, a whole village. So it's spillage village. I guess that's what that means. If I had to kind of, you know, if I had to just throw whatever up against the wall, that's what that means. This was a group that, they dropped this in September. They had another group called uh, Something About Bears. But I didn't really listen to it. But now, it's and you thinking, and my price thinking to yourself, Dez, you just pick some random SoundCloud artists. No, 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 they are not. Actually, this group is comprised of Atlanta rappers, J.I.D., J.I.D., as some call them, Earth Gang, Black, that's six lakh, if you will. Uh, and, and a bunch of other Atlanta artists. And they're all signed to J. Cole's Dreamville. So this is a, a Dreamville album, man. And here's why I made this number three. If you heard Revenge of the Dreamers, and when we listened to Revenge of the Dreamers, we we heard what sounded like a bunch of people standing in one room doing five different albums. That's what it inevitably sounded like. It felt like J. Cole was like that friend who mom didn't care who came over the slumber party. And instead of having one organized slumber party, everybody was just doing a little bit of everything. He invited everybody over. He invited everybody to the party, let everybody get to put in on the soup. And the soup came out tasting like ice cream tuna. It wasn't cohesive. I know I'm outside the norm. Everybody loves J. Cole. Everybody loves Dreamville. I like Dreamville, too. I like Bass, too. But 
I didn't like Revenge of the Dreamers that much. It was a lot of stuff that I was like, I don't like this sound. It doesn't. But but this this thing is the exact opposite. This thing may fault. This thing's fault may not be that it's incoherent. It's not inconsistent. It's the fact that it all sounds the same. <laughs> that might be Spillage Village's only downfall. But to me, man, it sounds like Goody Mob. And that's a big compliment coming from me because I love Soul Food. Soul Food was such a dope project. I mean, the other, I believe two projects, and they had three. But I know that the other two also did commercially well uh, as well. But Dungeon Family, which, I mean, CeeLo was such a huge part of it. Um, Just, just the group in all and what all they brought to the table. And I can definitely see Goody Mob's influence on Spillage Village. They had some songs that sound like complete gospel records. They had some songs where it's like, okay, uh, they letting the beat rock. It was made more like a vinyl. The album cover looks like a vinyl. You remember, and see, because this may be a little, a little too more funkadelic for some of y'all out here. That's why you're going to be like, nah, I ain't feeling it. Because you remember back in the 70s, they let the song rock. The song was the artist. The song, the song, it was the song featuring the singers, featuring the lead vocalist. And they did a lot like this, man. You can have a whole medley going for a minute and a half. And uh and they was delivering, man. They delivered, they had songs like Baptized, they had songs like Earth Gang. Uh not songs like Earth Gang. Baptized feature uh, with Earth Gang and J.I.D. My only problem with that, dog, my only problem with it, my only problem with it, because I, I love the way it feels, I love the way that it sounded, was in the video, not only were they mocking the church, bro, because they were praising God while mocking the church, and they don't get the hypocrisy in that. I, don't, I think they're too young to really understand the hypocrisy in it. But, uh... They had some dude in there drinking a, a bottle. No, no, no. Anyway, they had a dude in in uh in the church drinking a bottle of Douce in the pulpit. I don't know if it if they think that's like interesting or clever or or if it's a mixing of righteous and ratchet. But the idea of it was they they even did their tiny desk performance. They did the tiny desk performance in the uh in in the church. So they really wanted the uh built around religion. But I don't think they were just talking in one religion, because here's something interesting about their uh the track listing that I think a lot of people didn't catch. Everything in the track listing was about a deity. Whether you looking at baptize or psalm sing, but they would also have like Shiva, Cupid, Jupiter. That's a deity, like things that people praise. Of course, you had in the days, and uh, and a lot of it produced by Hollywood JB. Hollywood JB, not to be confused, JB Blockboy, is uh, I believe he produced a lot of it. Benji did a lot of producing. Uh, they got a song with Ari Lennox. They got a song with Lucky Day. The one with Lucky Day, man. I like that one. I really, I'm really feeling that one because I always like Lucky Day. Lucky Day is a dope singer, man. Uh, the one with Ari Lennox and Chance the Rapper, 
And Buddy, I don't know if y'all remember, yo, Buddy is definitely getting a look. Because he's been doing so many. I wonder how Buddy really, really feel. Because Buddy's been doing Nipsey's hooks for years. Roddy Rich do one hook. <laughs> Roddy Rich did one hook. And it just so happened to be on a song that was the, lead, was the last single he would put out before his untimely death. I know Buddy sitting there like, bro, you know how many... Uh, racks in the middle out of Gators, man. But, uh, you know, if you was a big Nipsey fan, you would get the joke. If not, whatever, you know. It is a Southern podcast. I can't stunt you for not knowing it. So, uh, Ari Lennox, Buddy Chance on, on the song Judas. Now, Judas is kind of like uh, a Ray Charles. Uh, hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no. That the joint is a lot like that, bro. It ain't really, it, it ain't super, it ain't super fly to me. I wasn't feeling it. And Chance verse, oh my God. Like, I think everybody was super woke. And Chance wanted to still seem like he was woke. I don't, I don't know. Are we too hard on Chance nowadays? It, does he deserve the criticism he's getting? Gotta go back to that acid rap. But, uh. The group it shed more, more light on so much of the talent that was on. I didn't know Earth Gang was signed to Dreamville. Now I officially like Earth Gang that much more. I didn't know they were signed to Dreamville. I didn't. Cole got a hell of an ear for talent because he got another guy named Omen, and Omen is super fire. Uh, and, and the message to the entire album, though, but the reason I picked it, and if you look at the album cover, it looked like some Ungrateful Dead type of album cover. Uh, they wearing like these Care Bear masks and it, it's a dead, it's it look like the Grim Reaper in the center of the album and it look, but it looks like they're in heaven. I, I think it's just the, the duality, man. The innocence being misled. I believe that's what it's supposed to be is like innocence being misled. But, uh, uh, I believe that, that the message of the album is about the way that we get lost in the routine of religion and forget about the art of loving one another. I believe that is ultimately the mission, the uh, the, the message behind it. And as far as Southern rap goes, man, these people have gone, they've gone out their way to show you we still keeping Southern soul alive. To me, when we talk that Pimp C, when we talk that Goody Mob, when we talk that Outcast, when we talk that early TIP, I ain't talking, you know, beg my part and I got a hundred K in my pocket. You know, I'm talking about that still ain't forgave myself, T.I.P. I'm talking about that 8-Ball MJG coming out hard. I'm talking about that based on a true story. Trick Daddy, not 2 Chains. You know, 2 Chains is on my list today. Uh, they It's showing they from that cloth, man. They are that cloth, and they're going to talk that talk. And there was a, a recall, but you didn't notice it, by a guy named Big Rule who did spoken word on, uh, on Goody Mob. So I set the picture for you from the first song. The first song, which is called Spillville, and it features Desi Banks, the comedian, Country, uh, Country Wayne, the comedian, and Big Rude. The whole setting of it is basically Desi, Desi Banks go into it. He's saying, like, how to pass the scam in them. Country Wayne, like, how to pass the scam in them and how much they don't like the church and, and blah, blah, blah. And really it's talking about their, dis, their dislike for the church, which I think most people's dislike for the church is the discipline that it requires, right? Because to spiritually love something takes no discipline. I believe once you get into the church, you got to actually love 
you actually have to show that by having a dedication to it, by withdrawing from some of the things that you wanted for the things that you need for your fulfillment. Because it's like saying we all like looking at pictures of people that's in shape, but we don't want to diet, you know? And I believe, I believe the church is that. I believe the church is, is the diet. I believe you want to get muscles, and the church is the weight gym. But the dude, Big Root, did say something interesting. It was a quote, and it caught me. And if you listen to the album, it'll be the first thing to catch you, too. He says this right here. I can make a really convincing argument right here, right now. First, he, he was talking about the pastor. He said, but he was a master manipulator, so everybody got behind him. But here's the part that called me. He said, I can make a really convincing argument right here, right now, that Jesus was the blackest Shaka Zulu, but the what end? Arguing about it would only divide us to be conquered. It's like never opening a package that could have saved your life because it was because you was too damn busy arguing whether it was UPS or FedEx that delivered it. Now, how does that sound? That sounds like it makes a lot of sense, my brother. So that's my third pick, Spillage Village. All right, we 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 gonna we gonna have to get it, you know, get it in gear. Uh, my, my next one, well, well, my next two, of course, is uh, well, not necessarily of course. I I picked Mulatto's Queen of the South. Here's why I picked Mulatto Queen of the South. Uh, the the reason I I picked Mulatto Queen of the South, be because I felt like not only did she deliver the best project this year. Of any female rapper, she she has one of the best flows, and I truly believe she's next up. And for what she did on the uh, album cover, if I'm going, I'm gonna rattle off just some uh, some some uh, some songs that she did. Of course, she you know you got WAP, which is like mulatto meets guap. We're saying she's a female Gucci man. She's a real big Gucci man fan. Uh, he say she say that was already a big record that she had. That was really one of the ones that I thought was was the most fire. And I heard it before I think her album dropped. Maybe I heard it before that. I, I don't know because I'm on her late. I'm not finna hold you. I'm on her super late. Look back at it. Super sexy record. My my body and look back at it. Super sexy record. And be from the south. That one features Trina and Sweetie. Sweetie snapped on that record, man. When I tell you, I'm getting to the point now where I'm getting less impressive verses from men and more from the women. I'm I'm sitting here listening to the women rap like, man, the way she in that pocket, the way she just kind of like flowing on that one. This is my only thing I hope that don't happen. With women becoming more uh, impactful in, in the hip-hop, that R&B doesn't take the back seat. Because it kind of feels like y'all just walked away from R&B and now, you know, R&B is just doing whatever. There's a guy named Xavier Omar. I don't know if you've ever heard him sing before. Or like Snow Allegra, all of these like breathy singers. I'm not really feeling it like that, dog. I think if I sing at a low enough key, I could sound good too. Come and get me. Everybody sounds good at this level. You don't got to sing no higher than this. Come on, dog. And then you auto-tune it? Nah, son. Nah, son. Uh-uh. I don't like it. I don't like it. I feel disrespected. You tried me. Uh, M- Mulatto, if you don't know who Mulatto is, Mulatto is a young child star. 
turned rapper. Well, she was a rapper. That's what she became a star for. She was supposed to sign a record deal with Jermaine Dupri because Jermaine Dupri loves to sign 11-year-olds. And uh, she turned down the deal and said, no, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to bet on me. I'm going to go for me. And now you see what came from it, man. You see what like, it came from it. So we, yeah. And I believe she's from Atlanta, too. And, and I believe she's from Atlanta. She, uh, she, she was on Boosie song. She was on the Double XL Freshman. She had the joint with Gucci Man. She had just a lot going on with her man. Uh, it, it's not really a super super lot for me to say about it, because but I just want to definitely pick it and show it from a woman's point of view. She's really rapping from more of a sexy point of view. The reason I picked her is because she a lyricist. Even though I wanted to pick Rhapsody's Eve. Rhapsody's Eve, North Carolina's own Rhapsody, dropped an amazing album in 2019. I know, I know. It felt like it was this year, right? She had a, a breakout performance, lyricist of the year. She's finally getting her flowers. She's 37 and she's not letting that hold her back. She's everything that's supposed to be happening. But it just wasn't 2020. And and I think I might have put made an exception for the baby too. The baby might have dropped in 2019. I don't believe he did, but he dropped the deluxe too. So that's technically a new album, right? The, the way they drop it. And of course, the fifth album of the year, because I got to get up out of here, man, is Two Chains. Two Chains was the fifth and final album. I'll run down what, what they said. Uh, Two Chains, aka Titty Boy, has returned with a stacked 15 track title, So Help Me God. After facing delays on release in late September and October due to samples and skit clearance, I didn't know he had this clear skit. <laughs> Who knew that? Uh, it featured Kanye, Little Uzi Vert, Rick Ross. You know, this, he led this up with the battle with Ross. You know, him and Ross had a little battle. So, you know, that, that's something that's dope. You know, he had our quarantine thick with Mulatto, a beautiful video. A beautiful video. Oh, my God. We got to bring videos like that one back. Money Maker with Lil Wheezy Easy. Uh, you know, with, with features that list that may read like up, uh, blah, 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 Lil Wayne and, uh, a failed candidate, Kanye West. Oh, you funny. Despite Two Chains' appearance on West's presidential theme song, he did not consider a full endorsement. Uh, recently speaking at Joe Biden and Kamala's presidential campaign. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we can do the presidential song, brother. We can do the presidential song. You you want to do you want to do a song? I can do a song. I'm not finna be on stage next to you when you talking about uh, uh, Harriet Tubman and all of this. Nah, 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 you can have that. Lots of artists have been using baby pictures to tell their story, but this one's different. This eighth, this eighth grade me, a proof pick because we couldn't afford to order the picture package. And yes, I had on two chains. Yeah, so that that is clever. That 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 is clever. Uh, that, that's his Instagram caption on why that's there's a pictures worth a thousand words. Two chains did his own pictures worth a thousand on this episode. A pictures worth a thousand words. I'm gonna go ahead and read it, and we're gonna get out of here. I know a lot of artists uh, have used baby pictures and kid photos to tell their story, reveal their journeys, but this one's different. This is eighth grade me. This is proof. This is proof picture because many of us. We couldn't afford to order the picture package, and yes, I had on two chains, slick. Had on three. 
I was an aspiring drug dealer and an occasional thief. When Pop out to prison, he told me, when Pop went to prison, he told me if I still steal stuff I need and not want. If I could tell that person some something today, I would tell them don't give up. Times is hard, but they don't last forever. So help me God this Friday, art by me. Yeah, it do look like he kind of did his art. And it kind of says proof on it. That's funny. Now, he, he did have that, that song with Lil Duval too, man. But uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, man. That's my show, bro. I appreciate y'all for tuning in <coughs> each and every time, man. I couldn't do it without you. I wouldn't do it without you. Uh, Like I said, if you found this entertaining, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Man, share this with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with your loved ones. Share it with your lovers on the side. Share it with whoever. Until then, it's your boy Dapper Don Dez. I am out.